This is Raptors Shootaround. It's on to the finals. A TSN 1050 playoff special. Oh, baby, what a play. The Raptors and the NBA Finals live here. Yes, Kai. The Raptors are going to dribble out the clock. Van Vliet will dribble it out. It's the first to four, but Toronto has a 1-0 lead. It's a final. Toronto 118, Golden State 109. Great defensive effort by the Toronto Raptors tonight, Jonesy. That was the story in the game. They forced 17 turnovers. They were able to get their running game going. They had a good degree of efficiency in their offense. And they protected the ball and they moved the ball. That is the final call from our broadcast last night. Paul Jones and Jack Armstrong. Do you believe he said they're going to dribble out the clock in game one? Yeah. Stunning. Carlo Koliakovo is here. Jim Taddy as well. Uh, Carlo, you were there. That was, I mean, that, the vibe in that building was special. was incredible. It all started pregame when you see, like, the ambiance of, like, all the celebrities there, all the big-time NBA people there. You knew you were part of something special. The NBA Finals. And right from tip-off, you know, it was it was a back and forth first quarter. The Raptors ended up getting the lead a little bit going into the first uh, after the first quarter, and then the second quarter just to take off the way they did and get the confidence they needed to know that they could beat that Warrior team. And it all was backed by the crowd. I mean, the crowd oh, yeah. was amazing. The, the, the atmosphere was electric. And you talk you, if you if you follow a lot of these NBA uh, staffers that are from the U.S. that cover on ESPN and ABC and some of the messages that they're uh, sharing on social media about how special an NBA Finals in Canada has been to them. It's pretty amazing that they, we're putting on this type of show. Oh, it's, it was phenomenal to watch. And I mean, let's just start with uh, Pascal Siakam, who just, I, I mean, all the coverage, the post-game coverage, as we had uh, the stuff on last night as it happened live, uh, and also, I, we went to ESPN after our broadcast on TSN 1050, and they were they just stunned that this guy could could have the performance that he had. And, and with all due respect to them, we've seen this all year. I yeah, mean, this is this is the story that won't go away by the month. When, when the, the moment you you expect him to drop off, he finds another level, and he did. Look at his line last night. I read this. He was our player of the game. Forty minutes played from the field, fourteen to seventeen, three points, two out of three rebounds, three offensive, uh, five defensive. So that's eight. Assists five, steals one, blocks two, and thirty-two points. Yeah, that—that's his best playoff performance in game one. And they're all going over this. Well, he didn't come up the, the the traditional NBA way. Who cares? Yeah, absolutely. Who cares? And with his performance, he moved himself in the top five in NBA history oh, of guys yeah. putting up thirty points in an NBA Finals. But uh, if if people were tuning in to us on First Up this morning, we had Ryan Hollins on, who was an unbelievable guest. And he broke it down perfectly about Pascal Siakam. The Golden State Warriors disrespected the talent level of Pascal Siakam. Because in the first two series, or the, first, the last two series, against Philly, when, when, they, when they realized Pascal was a problem, they put Embiid on him. Sometimes double-teaming him, which created a difficulty for Pascal. He was out of rhythm. Same thing in Milwaukee. Driving the paint, he had to go up against guys like Giannis and, and Brooks Lopez. Again, created difficulty and, and ruined his confidence a little bit. Well, now, Golden State's like they decided to double, sometimes triple team Ka- Kawhi Leonard and say, you know what? If you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us with guys like Pascal stepping up. And Pascal stepped up in a big moment last night. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that is sort of uh, what happens when you're a def- two-time defending champ, right? 
here's how we do it. Yeah. And, and if you're going to beat us, then, then you're going to have to show us something different. Well, guess what? Something different is yeah. last night was Pascal Siakam. And, and you know, they, did the, they tried to throttle Kawhi Leonard, and they had success more so in the first half, but they didn't understand what the outlet was. And, and that's, the, you know, there are other storylines there as well. Gasol and Green with, with, Amazing. with threes Danny early Green, on. he's back! I know. <laughs> uh, but here's, here's the class that you said, top five, right? So the complete list of all players in league history to tally at least 30 points, five rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and two made threes in the NBA Finals. He joins Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and now add Pascal Siakam yeah. to that list. Amazing. That's how legitimate that guy is. But And he's been legitimate all season. All season he's been this guy that's been sort of the second guy from Kawhi Leonard. And then you got Kyle Lowry once in a while stepping in and doing that. Yeah. And I think that's been the frustrating part for Raptors fans is throughout this whole playoff run, it's been Kawhi Leonard and then who else? Who else was going to step up? And at times we've seen in this playoffs, it be Kyle Lowry, it be Serge Ibaka, it be uh, Paul Gasol. The bench, yeah. And then all of a sudden, last series, it's guys like Norm Powell and Freddie Van Vliet Sr. Yeah. Like, this guy has come out of nowhere. And then last night, in, in, in the game it needed to happen the most because of the way Golden State and came out, thought they were going to defend this Raptors team, Pascal Siakam steps up and plays like the most improved player that he is gratefully deserved for in the first game of the NBA Finals. Now what that does is it changes Golden State's game plan. They know they can't do a double team and a triple team on Kawhi Leonard because Pascal Siakam can put up numbers like that. Or, or maybe they'll say, try and do it two You can do it once. Can do you do it twice it? in a row. That's, that, that's, the, that, that's sort of the trap of being the, the two-time defending champs, yeah. right? Because you know what you're capable of. And, and maybe you have to figure out what they're capable of. But, yeah. but your 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 uh, your panic point is is a little further down the road than, than a team that hasn't been there before, right? Absolutely, and and you can expect that from a team like Golden State. This is their fifth straight Finals appearance. They have the right to think that way. They have the right to set the tone in a series. And I think where they've had success in being able to do that in years past is because they started at home. Yeah, well, they started true. at home where basically they're telling guys, okay, not only you got to beat us, come beat us in our building. Well, Guaranteed it's not going to happen. They started at home and they were healthy. Yeah, and true. So, so KD doesn't look like he's going to play for any time soon. Cousins, I think, was uh, uh, limited to eight minutes. And Iguodala, I think, got hurt in that game. Yeah. I was listening to the ESPN report after. Said he re-injured whatever his problem was. Oh, guaranteed. And, and, you could and, see he was laboring. So, so that might be an issue for game two. Tell us about your experience. Where were you seated? Oh, man. I, I had an unbelievable experience last night. Uh, if you go to our TSN Instagram account at TSN 1050, you'll see a nice video over there of a compilation of me bringing out my alter ego from last night's game. Carl, I like to call myself. <laughs> and uh, I was there with Michael Landsberg, who got us tickets for the game. We were sitting in Section 108, 18 rows up from the floor, like perfect seats right across from the Golden State Warriors bench. And just... The, the, just an unbelievable experience to be at a sporting event where you're cheering on your home team and obviously you get the, the, the success of a win on home court. But, man, I was, I was converted into full-out fan mode last night. Like, we had Nav Bacha in talking to us a couple days ago on First Up 1050 here in the mornings, and he, he categorized it, or he summarized it best, the perfect word about being a Raptor fan. Raptorize. 
I was raptorized <laughs> last night, buddy, in full Carl mode. Well, come on, that's a, that's a fun event. Oh my god, man, so much fun, so much fun, especially when you're you're. It's the NBA Finals. Like the the, the moment means so much on every play. You know, you talk about a guy who the fans just erupted for last last night, Danny Green. Yeah. You know, all the talk going into this series is, where's Danny Green? Somebody find Danny Green. It's like a where's, where's Waldo book. Yeah. Somebody find him. Yeah. And he shows up last night, and every time he hit a three, the place erupted because they know how much of an impact this guy can have on this series if he starts hitting his shot. Well, when you see Green and Gasol hit threes early in the first quarter, the first three or four yeah. minutes, you go, okay, so this is going to happen yeah. tonight. And I think, too, like the, I, th- I think the mood in the building was there was a lot of unsureness about where this team could be in this series. Well, Can they beat the Warriors? I mean, you'd be a little apprehensive because they won four straight. I mean, it's, it's a hard sell. Oh, you don't have to tell me. Yeah, yeah. I, I predicted the Raptors are going to win this series because I gave the Raptors full credit in this series saying, listen, the Golden State Warriors have not played a team this good defensively all season. All season, or even in their, even in their finals runs. The, the Warriors teams that they beat were nowhere near as good as this Raptor team defensively. So I, I actually picked the Raptors to win this series, but I think that was me. You could still sense a little bit of, of, of uh, nervousness, the energy in the building. But once that Raptor team got off to a good start, you can sense the belief starting to come around with this crowd saying, yeah, you know what? Forget Goliath. We're going to slay the dragons here. They, they would not back off. And, and you know... The, they could do that six more times and, and not, you know, and still be in Game Seven. I mean, you have to play like that. There's no other way to play yeah. Golden State. Doesn't mean that you're going to win all the time, but but that's, I mean, that is like a, a baseline performance. Give me everything. Yeah, and, and, and don't get me wrong, we're not counting out the Golden State Warriors here. You no, never no, do. You never well, do until you win that f- fourth and final game. But I think Game One's performance is a blueprint of what the Raptors need to do. To win three more games. I mean, you, you, it, leading up to the yesterday's game, you talked, you, you heard Serge Ibaka's comments about previous experience with the Warriors. You can't get lazy against them. You can't take your foot off the gas. No, you can't. You they can't move even, it around fast. They move it they? around fast. Oh, they, I tell you what, being at the game yesterday, watching this Warriors team live, you really do get appreciation for how good they are at generating offense. Yeah. The way they move the ball, the way they got guys moving on the offense, the way they create plays is. Is is honestly, it's magical to watch, and fast, and fast. And how many times did they take a ten point deficit and turn it into five, or turn it into a lead? Yeah, that, you know they, they did that against the they did that against the Blazers three games in a row. Quick strike. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I hope Drake doesn't get in the way. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> oh man, this guy. I mean, the NBA had uh, you know obviously I had a chat with him and I had some fun with this this morning because there's a picture of uh, posted on our TSN uh, Twitter account of a picture of Drake with me in the background. I'm in the background behind Drake because pregame I was hovering around the area and I had one of those like VIP cards over top of me. Yeah. So the joke was that NBA uh, security guards contacted me before the game. They said, hey, man, you look like a nice little husky guy. We want you to, 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 to you know, be the security guard around the Drake. Keep, keep him under control. Yeah. And I, I just ran with it. It was a fun thing to run with, but... Drake, you know, I thought I thought for the most part, I mean, I don't like that the NBA got involved. This is a guy watching a game as a fan who's passionate about it. They told him to stay under control, which he was for most for the most game. And near the end, you could see he had a little bit of words to say to, you know, some of their key guys. He got face to face with Steph Curry a little bit and Draymond Green and yeah. you know, the last thing you want to do is poke the bear. 
You know, don't don't wake well, up the I, Golden but, State Warriors. But if Warriors. the bear needs to be poked by by a yeah. high profile fan, and <laughs> the bear's half asleep, right? Yeah, very true, very true. <laughs> so but you're off to golf now? Yeah, I got a golf a golfing event to head to today. It should be fun. Hopefully, the weather holds up. But man, I am beat. I need a nice nap today. Oh, really? The performance I put on last night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was draining. I don't think I'll be able to put that in today, but uh, should be fun. Carlos, thanks for hanging around. Taddy. Good seeing you, buddy. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Carlo Coliacomo from First Up. Michael Landsberg was here, and, and he was at the game as well. And, and so they started our coverage that we sort of threw the baton to them through ESPN last night after we signed off at uh, approximately 1230 at Scotiabank Arena. Game 1, 118-109 as the Raptors dribble out the clock. Because, you know, as I said yesterday, you take it one step at a time and enjoy the moment. And that was a very enjoyable moment last night. Coming up next, James Duthie. This is Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Deep three in the air. Good! Down the bottom of the well for Kyle Lowry. 118-106 Toronto. Kyle Lowry, a real scrapper last night. Looked like a hockey player all over the place. And not arguing much. He had nine assists and seven points. And key defensively when needed to be. Welcome back to Raptors Shootaround. Jim Taddy with you until noon. Coming up uh, shortly, Akil Augustine from NBA TV in hour number two. We'll have Josh Lewenberg and Bruce Arthur to analyze what happened last night. But let's go to the top drawer. James Duthie is here. James, how are you, sir? Good, Jimmy. How you doing, bud? Good. I mean, where does that that whole experience for you, where does that rate on your Richter scale? Hi. Uh, yeah, I always think there's a, there's a difference between being at an unbelievable championship game, whether it's a Super Bowl or Stanley Cup final or whatever, and then being it in the town you live in. And the electricity from the second I parked downtown at 3 o'clock or whatever it was was just insane. And I was a little worried, frankly. I was worried. You know, we've seen corporate crowds in Toronto. And the NBA Finals can be a corporate crowd where, you know, everybody's giving buddies tickets and the NBA's giving out tickets to people. And I was worried about that, and it was just as loud as any of the other playoff games in there. So that was just a spectacular night, and I don't think it was almost perfection for the Raptors. I mean, it wasn't the perfect game. Pascal was awesome. Uh, Lowry didn't have a perfect game. Uh, Kawhi didn't have a perfect game. But in general, the way that game went was almost as perfect as you could be for your first game in the NBA Finals against a team that's won three out of four titles. Yeah, I mean, there was no uh, no visible nerves. Uh, probably a, a real solid 48 minutes. I don't know that you could ask for, for much more than what they delivered last night. Well, and the other thing was, I, I think you're probably like me and everybody listening. We were all expecting the run. Right? Yeah. Like the entire game, you just waited for that 14-2 Golden State run. And I think they might have had an 8-0 early in the game, you know, maybe from down five to up three or something in the first quarter. Yeah. Never. That was fascinating to me. That every. I, you know, we're, we're losing. Went on it. a 5-0 run. The, the, the Raptors came right back and went on one of their own. And that, that to me, was maybe the most telling thing about this game. Yeah, we were losing you there, but you came back in, so we'll just we'll weather the storm here. Um, and, you know, in the first half, specifically uh, early part of the second quarter, uh, when you watch the athleticism of the Warriors, I mean, you had to, you, your jaw would drop. The, the way, the, the speed they moved that ball around, and, and of course, the, the three shooting, but, but it just never seemed to pay off for them. No, it, it is. It, it's incredibly frustrating when, you know, the Raptors methodically move the ball up the court, uh, use the full clock, either score or don't. Usually, you know, and most of the time last night when they needed to score, 
and then Steph goes down and in three seconds <laughs> gets yeah, it but, right back, yeah. which is, I mean, that's the way Golden State is, and that's you, you have to cope with that. But, no, I just thought that, uh, and, I, and, I, and I said before this year, I think the Durant thing is just is the factor in the series, and, we, you know, we don't want to read too much into one game, and the Warriors come back and play great in game two and steal it. But I, I really think without Durant that they are, I don't know if I want to use the word overmatched, but the Raptors just have more weapons and a little bit more. We'll see how the series, if that plays out that way. Well, and, you know, health is a, is a big thing. And so Cousins only played eight minutes last night. Iguodala got hurt again, and I don't know. I'm, I'm going to assume he's ready to go for game two, and we're told that Durant uh, would likely debut in, in game four. So there's opportunity in the first half of this series. Yeah, I think you got to, uh, you have to be up. Look, at, I, I said from the beginning, so I don't want to change my story and sound like I've altered things. Uh, you know, and everyone's saying win both at home. You know, just going into the series, forget what we saw last night. I said, I thought, I thought it would be okay if the Raptors split at home. Just because of the aura of Golden State and, you know, the fear of getting pronounced by the start of the season. If they won one out of two at home, they'd be fine. And then, and then win one out of two in Golden State. And if you came home, uh, James, I'm going to cut you off. We're losing you. I don't know if you went through a, a doorway or whatever, but uh, something happened there. So we'll try to reconnect. Uh, what a scene that was last night. I mean, I, I think everybody, even as a journalist, you walk into the building, uh, you know, just not necessarily in awe, but but you do notice the special feel, not just from, uh, you know, the the fans in the stands, but uh, there's all kinds of international media. Uh, we worked out of uh, the normal working press row instead of our normal booth. Um, that was occupied by a game that went back to France, beside it, you know, there was another broadcast team that sent the game back to Spain. This is clearly an international event, and, and so there was a different vibe, um, not necessarily a, a more serious vibe, but, but a special vibe in that place. And as a journalist, you don't get caught up in that, but you do notice it. And then it was all justified by time after time. Uh, I think you would watch games in, in sort of five-minute uh, segments, and, and time after time, the Raptors succeeded in their five-minute segment, and, and even when they got pushed, they, they responded, and, and the Raptors' performance legitimized the feeling, and, and I don't know if you, you normally would expect that, but, I mean, that was a pleasure. And, uh, you know, James is back with us now, James Duthie from the, the host of, of TSN, and uh, this this was a, a special night, and, and I don't know what happens the rest of the way, but we're never going to forget this one. No, it really was. Sorry about Oh. I th- I th- Jimmy, so I don't know what the heck's going on. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> no, I think that was, and, and, and that's the reason people were lined up at 6 a.m. And uh, when, when I walked down to the building, I, I spent some time talking to people in line because, you know, even when I was young, as crazy as a fan I was, I don't think I'd ever line up and wait for, you know, what is it, 15 hours. <laughs> and not to get a ticket to a game, but to stand outside and watch a game is, is lunacy. But I think it's, you know, it's maybe the most telling thing about the passion of this fan base and to see the scenes in Brampton and to see the scenes in Mississauga and Halifax. And I can guarantee you right now, this is going to be the thing of this finals, particularly if they win, that all over the country now for game two on Sunday, you're going to see uh, in all sorts of towns, you're going to see these mini Jurassic Park spinoffs. And I think that is going to be just ridiculously cool. So every, because that's the feeling, everybody wants to share it. That's what, you know, Jurassic Park was in the first place is, you know, people that can't afford these really expensive seats inside, they want to share in this. And now you have the whole country wanting to share in this and come together and, and feel like they're they're part of it. And I, I think that's just the coolest thing. Yeah, very cool. I like the way you sum that up. James, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Oh, he's gone. James Duffy.
the host at TSN. I don't know what the problem was there. Technology's a weird thing, and uh, we appreciate him stopping by. In our next segment, Akil Augustine from NBA TV will stop by as well. But I like the, what he touched on there. I, I know that uh, in Burlington, at the, uh, outside of City Hall, there was the same type of thing. And, and you know, just plug in your favorite town or your hometown, wherever you, you came from, if it's not Toronto, and, and you're going to find that there was some sort of a gathering, whether it was a civic one or just a bunch of people. I mean, this is, you know, I don't want to say uniting the country because I don't think the country was ununited, but but it's it's, it's a, a community thing, it, and it is a national story. And because of social media and the world we live in now, it, it just the connection is a lot faster and immediate, and and uh, just a, a great moment. Uh, we talked about Pascal Siakam and his line, absolutely stunning. Uh, the the one thing that you're going to watch in Game Two, uh, the Warriors turned the ball over 16 times. I would look for that to be cut in half, and and so then you have to go to points from turnovers. And uh, when you're dealing with a nine-point uh, margin of victory, I, I think you could see how that, that margin could be slimmed. I, I just got the impression watching that game uh, that most of these games will probably go down to the last possession. Uh, and that's, that's Golden State's uh, fast strike ability. Uh, their athleticism is absolutely stunning, uh, and James mapped it out there. Uh, two different looks. Uh, one is high-end skill and, and, and rapido, passing the ball around and into the net, and the other one is, is more of a team game. And, uh, and I'm not taking anything away from the Raptors. That was stunning to watch last night, but, but there is a visual difference. Uh, it didn't matter in the scoreboard last night, but, but again, it's only game one, and I don't want to put a damper on anything. There's a lot of series left and a lot of tweaking left, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how the Warriors deal with Siakam going forward and if they back off Leonard. You know, maybe it is that you're the two-time defending champions, then you have a set way to do things, uh, thinking that it's a seven-game series and not a one-game series, and, and you don't deviate from your system because it has paid off in the past uh, that could bite you uh, so we'll see what the tweaks are that, that that's really uh, you know as i said many times on this broadcast and others uh, when you're in a four to seven playoff it's the punch counter punch and and so the, the golden state delivered a punch the raptors countered and golden state uh, for lack of a better phrase could not counter the counter punch and, and so we'll see what happens uh, coming up in as the series moves along great performances last night you had a good feeling early in the game when green can to three uh, he had 11 points on the night um, and Gasol, 20 points. What a defensive stud as well. His line, 30 minutes, 6 of 10 from the field, 2 for 4 from 3-point land, uh, and six, 6 out of 6 from the foul line. The foul shooting last night was extremely impressive. Uh, he had 8 rebounds, uh, 7 of them were defensive. He had 5 assists, and uh, he had 20 points. So that, that's a, a really good performance out of him. Uh, Gasol was was firing on all cylinders early in the game and didn't let up. And the Van Vliet story continues as well. Uh, 33 minutes and, and 15 points and uh, three points, uh, one for four. The uh, percentage of shooting overall, stunningly efficient. For the Raptors, 39 to 77. That's 50.6%. And Golden State was 43.6%. Now, that 50% shooting. I mean, you can remember games in the Milwaukee series where they won when they were shooting like 38%. Uh, they matched, and I don't know that anybody would have predicted this, three-point shooting, uh, Golden State 12-31, 38%, and the Raptors were 13-33, 39%. So anytime you could match the Warriors in the three-point shooting, that cancels that out. So there's a lot of good stuff here for the Raptors to move forward with. I, I'm not expecting the Raptors to come out with the exact same game either because it's a, it's a back-and-forth nature. But, uh, I mean, this is... This is an eye-opener, and the American coverage was just on and on about the Siakam story, 
and how there is the non-traditional start to his career. And I don't know what that's worth. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter. We've seen this story all year long, right from the start, uh, right from the very opening stages of the NBA season. Siakam just seemed to raise the uh, the bar in his own performance. He's done it throughout the playoffs. Uh, certainly had the uh, the injury, and, and that set him back. Uh, and then the coverage set him back. But uh, And I think Carlos said it nicely. Uh, the Warriors did not show him respect. Well, they will in game two. That was just a, a fantastic performance last night by him and the Raptors in the full 48 minutes. I don't know what else you could ask for there. Uh, so 118-109, one nothing. the series lead for the Raptors. Game 2 Sunday. Game 3 is Wednesday in Golden State. And, and I think, in all honesty, uh, you know, when, when you go into this series, as optimistic as you may be, you probably circled Game 3 as, as something that you might want to sort of wince at. Because, I mean, I, that's got to be Golden State's moment. I don't care what the series score is. That's their first home game, and that's got to be their moment. And you just have to defer to that. I'd be shocked if, if, if it wasn't a Golden State win. But... We'll see what happens. Coming up next, we'll have uh, Akil Augustine from NBA TV. You're listening to Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. On the dribble, shot clock at five. On Looney, pull up three in the air. Good! Down the bottom of the well for Kawhi Leonard. 103-92 Toronto. Kawhi Leonard last night, it was said, I, I had to laugh on the way home listening to the ESPN coverage. It said he had a Eh, type game, but having said that, 43 minutes, 5 out of 14 from the field, 3 out of 6 from outside, and he had 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and 23 points. So they really throttled him in the first half, not so much in the second half, and if you're going to have a, an off night, according to some people, and you're still going to hit double figures in 23 and play the way he did, uh, given all the uh, stuff he had to fight through, that is impressive to say the least. Welcome back to Raptors Shootaround. This is our bonus coverage of the NBA Finals, and to that end, we've got all kinds of bonus coverage lined up for you. Uh, Leafs Lunch hits at uh, noon with Andy Petrillo, followed by a special edition, extended edition of Game Day with Matt Cause, and during uh, Matt's show, uh, the Media availability will be there for the NBA Final Series getting set for Game 2. Draymond Green goes at 1.15. At 1.30, Steve Kerr. At 2 o'clock, Pascal Siakam. At 2.15, Coach Nick Nurse. So I would suggest to you that uh, stay with us and you'll hear all of that with Matt Cause spliced around it to, to spice it up. Spicy Matt, maybe. Uh, and, of course, Overdrive follows uh, Matt's show. And Brian Hayes sat between me and Dwayne Watson last night and was thrilled. I, I, I can't wait to hear his takes on, on what he saw last night. Uh, let's get another take. Let's go to Akil Augustine from NBA TV, who has, I mean, he wasted his vocal cords last night. Are you okay? I'll survive. You know what? If that's what it takes to get a win, I'll do it. I don't care. Oh, boy. So you were outside, obviously. So, I mean, describe what, how you lost your voice. Well, I'm encouraged. To, well, I'm the guy that's encouraged to encourage the fans to get encouraging. So we lost our voices together in unison. We were just shouting at a big monitor above the city, and we were trying to give as much energy as possible to the people inside. And um, I, I hope in some small way we helped. Well, I, I mean, you, you expended all your energy. What, what kind of treatment are you going to take for those cords? Uh, I'm in the Nick Nurse School of uh, Therapy, so it's Fisherman's Friends. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're getting better as we talk. Can, can you go on for a bit? I got you. No worries. We're good. We'll survive. Okay. So, I mean, what it's, did you... It's the playoffs. we got to play through. It is. That's right. you got to play hurt. What did you make of what you saw last night? 
I was just impressed with um, the people that I've been hard on all playoffs. School I thought has been amazing. I've been 31 points through the playoffs. And finally, with a team who's done the same thing all playoffs. The Rockets, the, the Warriors have decided they're going to take the best player on the opposition out. They took Damian Lillard out. They took James Harden out. So they want to take Kawhi out. And it was the guys on the periphery who were given opportunities to play up and have lead and Siakam and shots out to Marcus Saul took the opportunity that was given and they banged their shots. Uh, you know, my, one of my favorites, Dwayne will tell you this, you're friends with Dwayne Watson. I like a, a team that has um, evolving chemistry and plays its best at, at the right time, and, and that would really describe the Raptors. I mean, uh, watching this thing, and it, it's like different, it comes from different areas of the team on a nightly basis, and I think you mapped it out there. They take what they're given, and that was certainly the case last night. It's been the case all playoffs. It's crazy to watch. It's, it's almost serendipitous. You saw them play horribly in game one against Orlando and then string out four strings. And okay, wow. Then you see them play Philly. And there are moments like they lost a couple games. And you're like, okay, well, they're not ready. And then they gun out and give you a game seven performance of legend. And then Milwaukee, of course, you know, they dropped the first two. And people are saying, well, stop and fight. They stop God. And well, guess what? They ran out four straight like they did against Orlando. So this team's been super impressive, and um, you're right. They're trending in the right direction. Guys who have played bad have found something. Guys who have not been aggressive have found some aggressiveness, and they've always had that one core piece that's steady the ship, and I'll say two core pieces, actually, and that would be Siakam and, of course, Leonard. And Kyle Lowry can find something, I think, that we're in for maybe a championship in Toronto, and that's, that's freaking amazing to say. Uh, we'll give you a, a final thought here. I, I was really happy for the franchise, the players, and the fans when we didn't see that uh, tentativeness that we normally see with a game one out of the Raptors. I mean, they were they were ready, they were prepared, they executed. It's it's amazing to watch, and people talk about like the calming effect Kawhi Leonard has had on this group. But I think the group was ready for that kind of player to come along too. You've seen Fred VanVleet and his demeanor. Kyle Lowry's been a bully and a mean guy on the court and he's a bully and a mean guy in the interview and he's he's kept that same um, energy and it's beautiful to see. And then Nick Nurse has done like all kudos to Dwayne Casey because he's kind of built the foundation but Nick Nurse is a great basketball mind and people have to learn to respect him. This is just made the defense he set up against Giannis the way he prepared these guys to play against the Warriors. And, and, and I'm, I'm, as a lifelong Raptor fan, someone who was there at the Sky Dome when we took David Stoudemire instead <laughs> of my personal choice, Ed O'Bannon, uh, it's just amazing to see. And I'm, I'm happy to, to just be here and be on the radio talking to you guys in the middle of, of the summer about Toronto Raptors basketball. Akil, thanks very much. And uh, hopefully the next time you come back, you're, you're rested and, and everything's good. So good luck with the, the vocal cords. Thank you very much. I'm going to go swallow a fisherman's friend right now. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Akil Augustine from NBA TV. At Akil Augustine is the Twitter account, and maybe you want to follow him and send him a message on, on how to repair that voice. I mean, that, that thing's in shreds. I mean, maybe certainly don't call him. Don't, don't engage him in conversation. I really pushed it there. But his, I mean, my voice is dry because I worked last night and uh, running on limited sleep. Not that I'm complaining. I, this is... I mean, this is a, a dream assignment. I absolutely love this. And we've got more bonus stuff that I'm not going to tell you about lined up. So, you know, keep, keep it on TSN 1050 if you want to know what's going on with the Raptors. I want to go back to the Siakam story just because 
you know, I, I think we should we should blow the horns on this. Forty minutes played, fourteen to seventeen from the field, two out of three from outside. Can both foul shots, three offensive rebounds, five defensive for eight, five assists, two blocks, and thirty-two points. Priceless. This performance is uh, is all time, and there were a lot of people that were absolutely stunned by his background that he would be able to do this. But as I've said before, uh, you know, he has done this. Uh, time and time again, not that performance because that's the first game in the NBA Finals, but he has raised his own bar on his performance level so many times during the course of the regular season. You kept waiting for the story to stop, and, and it just it, it never did. So this, this is to be applauded, and we have a lot of sound to back that up. First, we're going to hear from Kyle Lowry on Pascal Siakam. He stayed in his rhythm. He stayed in his groove. Um, you know, he stayed in his attack mode. He didn't settle. You know, Draymond is a great defender. Uh, Pascal just came out and, you know, kept using his speed and his length and, you know, finishing and, and being athletic. So um, he did a good job tonight. That's Kyle Lowry. And where does, that, where does that performance fit in historically? We mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to go over it again. Here is the complete list of all players in league history to tally at least 30 points, five rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and two made three-pointers in NBA Finals history. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and now Pascal Siakam. That is company, isn't it? Unbelievable. Well, it is believable. You saw it. Freddie Van Vliet on Siakam. Yeah, he's special, man. He's, he's, a, he's a handful. He's hard to guard out there in the open floor. And um, I thought he just did a good job being physical, getting to the rim, getting a lot of layups, made his open threes. And uh, when he's playing with that motor like that, uh, he's, he's tough to guard. So we'll see how they adjust. And we've got to be ready for everything in game two. You remember in our conversations earlier in the week, I was talking about you like to have the guy on the court, on the ice, that when the game or the series is on the line in the playoffs, you could look at him, and either through what he does or his body language or demeanor or how he defers to somebody, just his, the look on his face can sometimes tell you that he is under control and he's going to come up with a solution. Well, here's another guy you like to have on your roster, a guy who evolves consistently and it takes what is given to him and excels and, and pushes himself. And it doesn't matter where he's from. That was an American hang-up last night. Well, look at his background. Who cares? Who cares where you're from? It's where you're going. And he's going to the top drawer. There's no question about that. Nick Nurse on Siakam and Freddie Van Vliet. They're, they were both really good. You know, especially, um, obviously, Pascal had a, a big offensive night. I thought he... He played with really good composure, right? He got to the, his spots and, and um, got on balance and was patient. And, and when he needed to go quick and get around him, he, he did as well. And he had a couple, couple of real tough ones go in for him as well. But Freddie did a good job. Freddie worked hard defensively, played a lot of minutes on Curry. And I know, I know Curry had 34, but Freddie, Freddie made him work for him. And there's another story that won't go away, and we're thankful for that. Freddie V, 33 minutes. Five of eight, uh, one of four outside, four to six from the line. He had a couple of assists, one rebound, and 15 points. And uh, this guy, I mean, you know, he was missing in action earlier for whatever reason, but over the last two rounds, has or the round before this and this one has uh, certainly delivered and uh, just a thrill as he was during the regular season. We were a little concerned earlier that that maybe uh, you know something uh, wasn't working for him, but but he found his way. Uh, the story has been detailed about the birth of his son and and the lack of sleep and uh, and away he goes. Fifteen points, key performance last night. Uh, we want to talk about key performances that we, we won't stop. We'll we'll go for the next uh, hour and fifteen minutes. Marcus All uh, chipped in with twenty points and was a going concern offensively and. Defensively, and here's what he thought of Pascal Siakam. 
he does a great job of uh, attacking those gaps, um, using his body, um, attacking the angles that the defense is giving you. He can go both ways. Um, I just like when he plays that aggressive. But given his improbable background and his lack of experience in this game, that's not not important. Like you, you playing a game of basketball, you know, you know whatever happened in the past happened. You know, I think having the mindset of going for it and and, and knowing that it's going to be okay. Your teammates have your back. Um, your teammates believe in you. Um, that's all that matters, and he knows that. So yeah, there's Marcus Saul, and I love the way he handled that. There seems to be a little concern about Siakam's background and, and you know where he's from, and, and he didn't follow the traditional routes. And as I've, I've said many times, who cares? I mean, you saw the performance. Why is that even relevant? This is Siakam on representing Africa. Um, I think it's amazing. Um, this shows the, the, the growth in, of the continent, um, Cameroon, and, and just um, basketball in Africa in general, and kind of being at this stage and, and, and representing um, the continent is, is amazing, man. I feel blessed, and um, I just want the game to continue to grow in Africa and, 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 and for, for kids to see this, and you know, hopefully it inspires them. At some point, the narrative will change, and I, I wonder when, when that happens. I mean, we go back into the Milwaukee series, and it was onto Dekumpo and how he was the best player, and certainly when they were up 2 nothing, all the, uh, the experts that we had on were, were blowing that horn, and then by game four, uh, oh, hey, what about Kawhi Leonard? Uh, you know, you have to go on the result. Uh, there's a lot of time spent on, on how you get to the NBA, and, and it's supposed to happen a certain way, but that, that, that doesn't always happen. It's not etched in stone. Uh, you know, there you have the NBA final opening for the first time outside the U.S. border in Canada, and that hasn't happened before. But guess what? The guy who doesn't have the traditional pass was the player of the game in Siakam, and the team that, that uh, people south of the border didn't respect are now respecting because they're up one nothing in the NBA final finals over the two-time defending champ Golden State Warriors. So things change. That's the world we live in, and there's going to be some adjustment, not from us, but from what people are saying about us, and that's going to be fun to watch as well. This is Pascal Siakam on working hard and leaving it on the court. Um, I think, you know, man, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's just... Um it just proves that you know if you put the work in, man, and and and, and it's something that is so cliche most of the time. But you know that's that's the story of my life. Just going out there every single night, um, working hard to get to this level, and knowing that you know I have so much to learn and I have you know so much room to improve and grow. Um, I think that's what makes it fun. And and for me, just just kind of falling in love with the game and and wanting to get better and wanting to learn. Um, you know, moments like this definitely, you know, shows that, that you know, it's, it's, I'm going to continue to be myself, continue to work hard, and, and I have, you know, so much room to, to improve. And so it is intriguing. I mean, the man hasn't played basketball forever. He's new to the game in, in terms of what everybody else has played since the age of five or, or whatever. Um, and, and so at the end of the day, when you're assessing talent, is it this guy can do this or really, it, you know, the skill level should be somewhat similar. It's what's between the years. And, and so this guy has superior basketball intellect or intelligence, and you apply that to a willingness and an enthusiasm that seem to be boundless. And that's how you get 32 points in your first NBA final game. It's not about the road to where you are. It's about you, you traveled down that road, you got to where you are, and you didn't just sit on it. You decided to improve yourself on a daily basis, and you are athletically gifted. Your mind has all kinds of uh, inquiries and, and enthusiasm for the game. You want to be better, and you are better. 
pretty well end of story for me, but there is a, a, a growing fascination with this story, and you've seen it all year long that this guy is uh, definitely spicy P. Come on, what a moniker. That's great stuff. Danny Green on the lack of self-doubt, a key for Pascal Siakam. He just doesn't get any doubt in himself. He's always confident in attacking. Um, and that's, that's key. That's huge. Or even in other series where they played off him, you know, they had some good rib protection. It's hard for him to get there. But you know, now it's a little bit more open, a little more free. Uh, he's able to still get out and run and attack. And regardless of who's guarding him, he doesn't care. He's going to try to, you know, he's relentless at attacking the rim and getting, getting there. Coming up in hour number two, Josh Lewinberg will stop by, as will Bruce Arthur. Stay with us. This is Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.